podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. What's good, people? Welcome to another episode of the Undiluted Football Show, Undiluted Media Football Show, or the Undiluted Football Show, whichever you like. I like the Undiluted Football Show, but here we go, guys. We're here back with another episode. And first things first, let's get on. The international break is over, but we've got to start on the international break. And for those that don't know, it was the under 21s, they got knocked out by uh, Croatia, I think it was. I think it was Croatia. But put it this way, the England under-21s got knocked out again. Now, I said this on my podcast, and I said this with some of the guys from Undiluted Media. This is, England, this was only the fourth win, so it was three before, but this is only the fourth win that England under-21s have had in European competition in the past 11 years, right? Which is mad, if you think about it, considering the under-21 Euros is every two years. So I was thinking, listen, England had some very good youngsters in the under-21s. Last year, we had the Wan-Bissaka, Premier League players, Juan Bissaka, Mount, Madison, Foden, they didn't get out of their group stage. Now, these guys, Dwight McNeil, Smith Rowe, Curtis Jones, these are people that have played a, a couple Premier League minutes and played for decent sides. So I thought to myself, why is it that when it comes to the international, we're not good enough? And A.D. Bruford came out and said that, oh, my job, it, which is weird, he came out and said, my job is not to win, my job is development for the first team. Well, you can't develop bad players by one not winning. You're just teaching them how to lose. Do you know what I mean? So, but that's what England do at the end of the day because we haven't won a, a major competition since '66. But it's just I, I honestly think it's poor. I think Ad Bruford should be sacked. I feel like for the comments alone, he should be sacked. I feel like we supposedly have very good players. I, I say supposedly because now I'm skeptical. We haven't performed in the under twenty ones for a certain amount of time. Where I'm now thinking, hmm. Is it is it the managers, is it the players? Because we had Stuart Pearce in there. We had Gareth Southgate as under-21s manager. We see these players in the Premier League and they're not half bad players. But when they go to play European football or international football with people around their age, they get shown up. So I'm thinking, why are these Premier League players not as good? Because I know, yes, listen, some of them are not all Premier League players, but some of them do play Premier League minutes. I saw Tom Davies. Eberichi Eze, I know he, they didn't play the first couple of games and I know they've been played out of position and I know there's a lot of factors to take in. But it makes me have the question, do we overrate these players as much? Do we think because they play Premier League football, we automatically think that they should be... Because we, we see the Premier League as the, as the best, most competitive league in the world, right? So if we see them as, ah, oh, they are Premier League footballers, Maybe we just overrate them. Now, overrated doesn't mean bad. I need to clarify when I say overrated. Overrated doesn't mean bad. You can be a good footballer and be overrated. You just Overrated just means that we project you to something that you're not. You know. So just because these guys play in the Premier League, it doesn't mean particularly that they're good, which is, which is unfortunate because at the end of the day, we, I feel like some of these players are good. I feel like they're some good amount of players, but it's a weird one because... For a country like England that can produce these players that can play Premier League minutes, why is it when we go to 
Listen, we didn't beat Switzerland. Switzerland under twenty ones. We couldn't beat Portugal. Now Portugal probably have good under twenty ones. Probably have the likes of um, Dallo and other people and stuff like that. But why is it when we get to the under twenty ones, we're just not good enough? It's 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 a weird one for me. But in my opinion, Eddie Bruffin should be sacked. I feel like we should just teach these players how to win because how are we going to if they can't win against their in a lower let's say a lower tier of international football what makes us think we're going to do anything in a major tournament come the euros or the world cup now, i know obviously the under 21 is not all the some of the best players like let's say bellingham for example do like get fast tracked into the first team but under 21 support football is just important it teaches you international football you play with people around your age mates it's it can competitions you know what i mean like come tournament experience there's nothing like tournament experience and the fact that we can't do any under 21s now i don't know what we're going to expect to come the euros but anyway enough about those let's get on to sergio aguero is finally leaving the premier league as a man united fan as you can see from my top i'm very happy i saw if some for some that don't know there's a tweet where someone's auntie uh passed away and was like oh it's an African tweet, so if you, if you get it, they're like, "Oh, auntie, the the evil like this aunt this auntie is now passed away. Thank God, the evil she's done is like is enough. You know, like there's no more evil she's gonna do anymore. So thank like thank God she's passed. I kind of feel like with that Aguero, like thank God he's out of the Premier League because guy, this guy was a gunman. He was a shooter, and for, to see him play for my rivals, which is just horrible. Obviously, the massive Aguero goal. I'm not going to tell you what I've done that day because I, I cried. I'm not going to go on. It gives me bad memories. But we've got to respect this guy. I've not. There's only certain amount of players I feared going against up as a Man United fan. And Aguero is definitely one of them. I can name a couple of them. Michael Essie and back at Chelsea. Yaya Toure, David Silva. But like, when these guys were on the pitch, I thought, oh, like we just need them off as soon as possible. Like It's going to be very hard to try and do anything against these guys. And Sergio Aguero is one of them. His goal, he has the best goal to minutes ratio in Premier League history. I think that just says it all. Where do I rank him in my top Premier League strikers? Out and out strikers. He's definitely up there. Definitely top three, top five. Not top five Premier League players, but out and out strikers. Because I'm not going to class and reason Henri as an out and out striker. Do you know what I mean? I'm talking like the Shearers, your Andy Coles, these type of people. Aguero is definitely up there, man. He's, he's a baller. I'm glad he's leaving from a main night perspective, but what a legend. He deserves a trophy at City because that's the only history they bloody have, the recent history they have. Bit petty there, but you know what I mean. But in all honesty, big ups to Aguero for doing what you've done in the Premier League. It's sad to see him go. But the question is now, because Aguero leaves, how do City replace Aguero? Now, um, I work with a couple of people at TalkSport and people say, oh, Haaland to go to City or Messi to go to City. Right now, I know Gabby Jesus might not be the number one in the future, but do City really need a striker? Like, I know they've played Kevin De Bruyne and Gundogan Force 9, but and they ran away with the league. But, at the same... Oh, yes, Maynard scored. But, at the same time, like, what do City need? Because, really and truly, I don't think... I don't feel like... They, they're desperate for a striker. Yes, if they get a good striker, it will beat them. But the fact that they've got rid of Aguero, right? Because I know Aguero's been injured. He's had a lot of knee problems and he's, what, 32 going on to 33. But the fact that they've got rid of him shows that, okay, we don't need you again. There's no point of giving you the contract. They've obviously weighed it in and said, all right, 
you're more of a con than pros now, so you can go. But are City going to break the bank for a striker? I don't think so. Maybe because Aguero is fit now. It's not like Aguero is injured right now. He's fit, right? And he still hasn't got back into the side. It's not like they're trying to save him for something. Gabby Jesus isn't getting above him because obviously Aguero can't do the things that Pep wants him to do anymore. So do they need a striker? Maybe they do need a striker. And I'm just looking at it because they run away with the league and like for a team that desperately needs a striker, like are they going to, do you know what I mean? Like do they really need it? But anyway, I digress. Could I see Haaland going to City? Not really. I don't think City are going to break the bank. One thing I think I could see, and I hope that like the Premier League do an NBA and block it, is if Harry Kane leaves the season and if he goes to Man City, that will be a mazzoline. It will be like, for those that don't remember, it will be like Shearer. Shearer went to have two times to go to United and rejected us. And then we got Cole and then he rejected us again. And then we got Solskjaer. So it didn't work out too bad for us. But there was a time where if Shearer went to United, it would have been a wrap for everyone. United were already best the best team. It's kind of the same situation now. United were the best team in the league. And you had the best strike in the league playing for, at the time, it was Blackburn, right? So, and Shearer won a title practically single-handedly with Blackburn. So imagine if that Shearer, because bear in mind, Shearer is the all-time Premier League goal scorer. His record is crazy. I still don't think Harry Kane breaks his record. I know Harry Kane back two today, but Shearer's on 260. Like, if you think how many Premier League goals that is, that's disgusting. So, if City want a striker, just go for Harry Kane. It will, I hope the Premier League say like, no, no, allow that. And I hope Daniel Levy, like, won't sell him for more than at least 150, 160 or what not. I don't know if they're going to pay that. But I could I could see Harry Kane going to see because he wants to win. He's 28. He needs to go and win now. I don't see Man United breaking the bank for him. I feel like Man United would rather break the bank for Haaland rather than Harry Kane. And I feel like with Harry Kane, it's a finished product. You know exactly what you're getting on the tin. Pep Guardiola can just say like, you know what? Screw it. Let's go get Harry Kane. Boom. Let's go get, let's go get our Champions League. We've added one of the best strikers in the world. Let's go do it. So who knows? Harry Kane to City, maybe, maybe I could see it. I don't want it to happen because it's gonna good, it's gonna be peak for the whole Premier League. Like imagine going up against City and then they've got bloody Harry Kane. Like that's that's gonna be peak for everyone. But um, speaking of Haaland, obviously, if for people that don't know, he got he was um, his father and Mina Raiola were in Spain to go speak to Barcelona and Real Madrid, and then apparently went to London to go speak to the English clubs. Now I still stand by what I said in previous episodes that I don't kind of see Harlan leaving this season. I feel like one, we've all forgot that it's we all forgot that COVID has really like messed up football teams, right? Two, Harlan's release clause finishes Harlan's release clause activates next season. Not this season, not this summer, next summer. And it's 60 million. So really and truly if Dortmund if Dortmund get it all depends, I feel like, if Dortmund get Champions League football. If Dortmund get Champions League football, Haaland's like, I don't have to leave. You know, if I want to leave, then I can leave. It will be easier for me to leave next season because then I'll have an array because a lot of teams can pay 60 million next season. But a lot of teams are not going to go pay the 100 and something million they're going to offer this summer. So really and truly, why does he have to leave? I feel like if Dortmund don't get Champions League football and he's like, you know what, 
I want to play Champions League football. I need to kind of force my way out. Then there's something to look at. But right now, I just don't see it. Fair enough. He's his dad has gone to different clubs and he's testing waters and they're and they're I was gonna say whoring him out. They're not whoring him out, but they're like shopping him around and see what they can do and see what teams got to offer. But it all comes down to Dortmund's asking price. And we know what Dortmund are like. They will get their money's worth. We tried, we saw it with Sancho where they were saying, now nah, we want 108 mil. So if Sancho went for 108 mil last season, what the hell is Haaland going to go for? And who is going to pay that money this summer? Like, I know, he, I'm not saying he's not worth it because he is, if you look at it, and probably he's going to be years, like over years, he's definitely going to be worth it. But who is going to pay that money? Would you rather just wait for him to play at Dortmund for another season and then be like, okay, cool, summer's activated. Now I can, because the perks of a release clause is that all I have to do is pay said amount and then that is it. I can negotiate. You don't have to be involved. As long as I pay said amount, the release clause doesn't activate. So it's going to be ne- negotiating. You're going to have to pay 150. Me, I'm f- talking, Ireland's probably going to go for, in Euros, probably like north of 150 million, 100%. And I highly doubt City, United, Boss, I highly doubt anyone is it'll be it'll be big. Obviously, it'll be a big transfer, but I highly doubt anyone. Think about it. Would you rather? I know maybe you need a striker now, right? But would you rather pay 150 million or 160 odd this summer and then be like, or just wait another year and then pay 60 million with like less negotiation? Do you know what I mean? He doesn't have to go now. I feel like if he goes, it all depends. The whole transfer target depends on if Dortmund make Champions League football. But we shall wait and see if Dortmund make Champions League football. But um, yeah, we'll get on to the Premier League now as the Premier League's back. Couple results, Leicester versus City. City only need 11 points to win the title now. It's practically wrapped up. It was wrapped up ages ago. Congratulations to City. It's, we're, we're just going to see now how City come up against Dortmund because if they start, I feel like they could beat Dortmund. I feel like Dortmund are not, I'm not saying Dortmund are not that good, but against City, I feel like Dortmund should, City will do the job. And they need, what, 11 points? Is it 11 points from seven games? So, league's practically done. Do you know what I mean? Congrats to City. Let's talk about Chelsea, though. And I did say this, and anyone can quote me on saying this. I always said that Chelsea fans just need to chill. Now, I'm not going to name names because I know some Chelsea fans, but they were like, oh, yeah, we're going to make the Champions League final. We're going to... And they probably could because, listen, they've got Porto. I feel like they'll still be Porto, and that's a semi-final right there. So, at the end of the day... I feel like Chelsea haven't been tested. Now, fair enough. I've let I've let go Madrid above me. I'll say that, I'll say that for to anyone. I let go Madrid was not a good test. I know they're top of the league, but I don't care. They're above me, and that's not it. And I felt like they haven't been humbled yet. And big up Sam Allardyce for just going to um, Stamford Bridge and just humbling humbling them because now, like I know. It, Tuchel's having mad stats and I was thinking, rah, like, is Tuchel really that guy in the Premier League to only concede two goals? And now he's conceded five at home. So it's good. I'm happy that, that Allardyce has done his thing. And listen, they'll still get relegated, but it's a shock result as we've seen this season. We, how many shock results have we seen this season where I can name you 7-2, Liverpool 6-1, United 9-0, 6-2. Like, we've seen these shock results, so it's nothing new. Fair enough, West Brom slapping... Um, Chelsea at Stamford Bridge 5-2 is crazy and I know Chelsea are down to 10 men and still listen Chelsea will still do what they need to do but it's good to see Thomas Tuchel get humbled because now how do they bounce back from this I still feel I still feel like Chelsea need a striker I still feel like they're a bit shaky Timo Werner still doesn't even where the hell is Kai Havertz Timo Werner still is not convincing 
So I'm happy that Chelsea lost. Um, Liverpool is a team I want to get onto because it wasn't, I feel like it was a couple weeks ago or maybe a month ago where Liverpool's Europeans like top four chances were over. And we're like, all right, Liverpool can't make top four now. The only way, I, I think I even said it myself, Liverpool can't make top four now. The only way they can make top four is if they, or only, way they only way they can make Europe is if they win um, the Europa League. So I was like, okay, cool. All they need to do is win the Europa League, uh, or I mean Champions League, sorry. And that's it. Like Liverpool could do that. But now I'm looking at it and Liverpool are level one points with Tottenham. They're only two points away from fourth. Like what the hell, Chelsea, West Ham, Leicester. Like I thought Liverpool were down and out for the count. Now they're basically back in the race. Now, right now, I kind of, if I'm looking at a team, because they, I'm sorry, they dealt with Arsenal. They looked very comfortable. Uh, Fabinho was back at six another number six role and looks very comfortable so now i'm thinking oh crap we might have to consider liverpool as a threat again will they make top four they probably will now because I, as i said i'm still not convinced about chelsea tottenham wishy-washy again they could have could have they dropped two points today could have gone could have gone fourth actually could have gone fourth and goal difference but once again wishy-washy now liverpool liverpool are probably going to get out there like what the hell i thought and liverpool have lost nine games this season Nine get like that's a, that's atrocious for Liverpool standard, and to think that they've lost nine games and now they're only two points away from the Champions League spot is absolutely baffling. But big ups to Liverpool, yeah, there I say it. Yeah, I feel like I threw out my mouth, but they just made light work of an Arsenal team of a of a boring, dead Arsenal team, and like going on to Arsenal quickly, I just I just don't get them. I I don't like I don't feel like Arteta's a good manager at all. I feel like, yes, he won the trophy and yes, you had your honeymoon period, but there's nothing, there's not like a style of play I've seen of Arsenal where I feel like, okay, they just need to ride it out because this is where they, sorry, Arsenal, uh, are they still 10th? Where are they now? Arsenal, yeah, they're back in 10th. Arsenal are back in 10th. Arsenal Football Club, I'm so sorry, as much as I don't like them, they should not be 10th at all. I don't care they're in the quarterfinals of the Europa League, they shouldn't be 10th. And I feel like if this was any other team, it could be concerned. But, you know, Arteta, Pep Clout, dare I say it, we move. Spurs, typical Spursy, 2-1 up, finish the job, beat a, try and beat a dead Newcastle team, but Joe Willock equalises. Now, as I said, it's typical Spursy, and Spurs need to realise that this is the only thing they need to fight for. So these games, they've got, another, they've got a cup final coming up against Man City, which they could well and truly lose. But these Premier League games, if they want European football, they need to start winning. They need to get maximum points. Jose Mourinho said it in this press conference. They need to get maximum points. And doing that, poor, poor from Spurs. But history of the Tottenham, do you know what I mean? Fulham, I'm upset by Fulham because I watched that game. And I saw the second half, I said, yeah, Fulham are playing some really good football. I like it. Fulham are playing some really good football. But then next thing you know, Aston Villa just bang, bang, Trezeguet, quick, quick fire, double, and they just collapsed. I know Tossian made a mistake at the back for the second one and then the third one I didn't see. But it's unfortunate with Fulham because I re- I feel like Fulham play good football and I feel like uh, I want them to stay up. But they they shot themselves they shot themselves in the foot today. And if you shoot yourselves in the foot, you can't do that in the Premier League. Scott Parker will tell you that for free. You can't and I like Scott Parker, I think he's cool. I like Fulham. They've got Ben Adrians in the team, big up Naramali FC. But I just if they want to stay up, they can't play like that. They need to learn how to just not concede stupid goals. Because, listen, you can play... I've seen many teams play good football 
in the Premier League. But playing good football is not enough. Sometimes you just got to play them S-housery games and just get the result, get the points, part of the bus, learn how to defend. It's the teams that don't concede or make it hard to concede are the ones that win. It's, that's why Burnley, sometimes it's very hard to beat Burnley. You can't, I would rather, if I'm a club that come from the Championship, I feel like to stay in the Premier League is not about playing good football because how many good football teams have we seen? Obviously, you've got to play good football, right? Well, actually, no, I don't think you do. You just got to make yourself hard to beat. You can make yourself hard to beat by playing good football or you just have to be good enough to play good football. As you can see with Leeds, Leeds play good football. They're not hard to beat, but sometimes you can beat Leeds. Sometimes they can slap you. It's just, it's just bass boss with Leeds. But teams like your Burnley, sometimes your Brightons, you know what I mean? There's some hard to beat teams where you have to grasp and they, and they know how to make it hard for you. Those are the teams that stay up. And right now, Fulham, it's not hard to beat them, unfortunately. They play good football, but they concede a lot of goals. And obviously, you don't want to concede goals, but you want to make it hard for the opposition. Try and make it hard for the opposition. Make them have to do more because it's all well and good playing good football. I've seen many teams play good football. Swansea used to play good football. Um, Norwich, last season with Pukki and their man and Brendia, they played good football. But look, they weren't a hard-to-beat team. So that's the read. Like that's for any team that come up from the championship. You just got to make yourself hard to beat. That is what I think makes you stay in the Premier League. Um, just a reaction to United game. Now uh, I think we won two one. I didn't see the second goal. I saw the first one. Um, it was good finish by Rashford. I think Greenwood got the second. This is only his second Premier League goal of the season. His first one was against West Ham away. Uh, good win for us. I think. Well, it's just a win in it. Just keep second. That's all we can do, really. Stay in the Champions League, keep second, focus on the Europa League. But um, it's it's a weird one because Henderson was uh, started today. In the mail, was reported that De Gea might leave. Um, I'm not particularly sure he will leave because, one, we'll get a lot of money for him. Two, I don't think anyone can afford his wage bill. But the thing that we need to consider is that Henderson signed that that's should not contract right at the start of this season, practically. And if you know Henderson or if you watch any of his interviews, he is this guy believes in himself and he thinks right now he thinks he's better than the hell, right? Which up to him, maybe he is. I don't know. I don't want to say, but to sign that contract, he must have said, Listen, I must be getting first team football at some stage. So I don't know what's going on in a sense that the fact that he signed a contract shows that okay, he must be getting, I know he's getting a bit of a running now and he got a bit of running because the hair had his child. But now that De Gea is back and and De Gea and uh, Henderson started, was this is this a sign of things to come? I'm not too sure. I feel like um, Henderson might play the Europa League again, and then we might play De Gea again in the, in the Premier League. I don't know. But if he goes, where does De Gea go to? Because I know he has a massive wage bill. I know even our keepers alone are on a massive wage bill because De Gea is on apparently three hundred and something k. Henderson's probably on a hundred or. 100, 150 something, I don't know. But to have that wage bill just keep us alone, one of them has to go. And Henderson feel like, feels like he's number one. He wants to be England's number one. And you can't play... If you, it, Listen, if he's if he's Man United's number one, eventually he'll be England's number one. There's no doubt about that. But we just need to make a decision. I'm not sure whether he goes. Maybe PSG. Maybe he's like a PSG want him. I don't really know, to be fair, but we'll see. We'll see if things to come. If De Gea gets dropped more and more, then we'll start to see some stuff. Uh, but react, um, previewing to 
Champions League football, this is where it gets juicy because there's a couple of good games. As I said earlier, Man City, Dortmund, we kind of previewed that one. I feel like Man City will do the job in the first leg. Um, then we've also got uh, Real Liverpool. Um, Liverpool look too good, in my opinion, for Real. Um, they're going to be without Sergio Ramos. So as people know, if there's no Sergio Ramos, they're not getting through. They'll probably get knocked out. But I did, um, one thing I did say, one thing I did uh, speak to about, um, to Gasca Mendieta, and we're talking about the Liverpool, Real Madrid. He said, one thing about, this is what Mendieta said to me, he said, one thing about Real Madrid is that they don't need to be, the difference between Atletico and Barca is that their form. If Barca's in good form, they're in good form and they're not stopping. But if Barca are in bad form, don't expect them to like jump out of it straight away. Real Madrid, they just turn up on the day. They can play bad and then just whack you. So, and they still have some talent there, but I'm not sure. I feel like right now, this Liverpool team, they're slowly, slowly getting their groove back. I know Arsenal isn't the greatest of tests, but Liverpool are slowly getting their groove back. And I won't be surprised if Liverpool deal with Real Madrid, especially Real Madrid without Sergio Ramos. So I won't be surprised in that situation. So if I had to put money on it, I'm, I'm probably going towards Liverpool. Bayern PSG, Bayern all day long. Um, I'm still not convinced by PSG. PSG are not doing that well in League R, to be honest. And, um, um, I see also Bayern. It's just Bayern is the best team in the world, in my opinion, at the moment. They, they're the Champions League winners, uh, champions at the moment. PSG are not even doing well in League R right now. So, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't really, I don't really see them um, doing much. You know, Pochettino not doing well in the league. Who would have thought it? But anyway, that's that's agenda. Last but not least, Chelsea Porto. As I said earlier in the show, I always think Chelsea, I feel like Chelsea are going to go through. Um, but if we if we say semi-finals, so really and truly, I see City going through. I think it'll be City by in semi-final and then a Liverpool-Chelsea semi-final. And I feel like I would love a Liverpool-Chelsea semi-final. Reminds me of the, it, it'll just throw it back to 2005 of like the Luis Garcia stuff. Uh, I remember Liverpool-Chelsea champion, was it a quarter-final? I think it was like 4-4 and Chelsea got one on away goals or something like that. But if if you go look up, Chelsea and Liverpool have had some really good Champions League ties and I wouldn't mind that again, with, especially with Tuchel and Klopp as well. So I feel like that would be a really, both ex-Dortmund, I feel like that would be a really good, I think a really good tie. If I had to give my Champions League winner right now, I don't see anyone beating Bayern at the moment. I feel like Bayern is still the best team in Europe. I, I, I'm still not convinced by City because I, I still think City can win a Champions League with, like, Gabby Jesus up front, if that makes sense. Or well, I, I don't feel like they can beat the big teams. I, I feel like they can deal with the Premier League easily, and that's not hard. But when it comes to... And maybe Dortmund's not the greatest of tests, but when they go to, like, a Bayern or something, do you know what I mean? Like, a really good team like that, or maybe even a PSG, a team that can give City corn as well. Like, because City are beatable. I saw United deal with them, and we didn't even play that well. And I know City didn't play that well either, and I'm not saying just because United beat City that... They can hold it, but I, if Gabby Jesus is going to be playing up front for them, I just don't feel like he's the guy to lead you to a Champions League trophy at the end of the day. So, if I had to give my eventual winner for the Champions League, I would say Bayern. I still don't see anyone um, beating Bayern. Uh, but tomorrow, also before the Champions League, there's still two more Premier League games. We've got Everton versus Palace and Wolves versus West Ham. Wolves versus West Ham might be a good one because Wolves, they're they're not the Wolves they were last season, but they've still got a couple ballers and West Ham and Lingard have been informed. West Ham will see the results from Tottenham, the results from Chelsea and be like, this is an opportunity to get us back into the top four. 
David Moyes says he wants to be in the top four. Whether West Ham can do it away to Wolves will show that are they really top four quality. If, if West Ham want to put a statement, this is a big game for West Ham, I think. They want to put a statement and be like, all right, we're serious about this top four race. This is a, They need to get the three points at Molyneux. Whether they do it tomorrow, I don't know. Um, last but not least, Everton Palace. It's a weird one. Don't be surprised if Palace win. Because when you go against Palace, you never know what Palace turns up. It could be the Palace that you slap up 4-0, or it can get slapped up 7-0 by Liverpool, or it could be the Palace that beats you 3-1. Do you know what I mean? Like You never know which Palace you're going to come up against. And one thing for certain, Everton have a really poor home record. Everton fans will tell you that for free, their home record hasn't been great. So one thing we've got to think about is that can Everton, if you look at it on paper, they should win this game. Could Cavaliers be scoring with Carlison as well? They need those type of players to fire because they need to improve their home record. Because Everton are not too far from the... T- Everton are still well within the top four race. They're, what, two two games behind... Two games behind fourth and five points behind. So really, if they win their both games in hand, they will be in fourth if they win their two games in hand. Obviously, easier said than done. And they need to make work of Crystal Palace at home. But we shall see whether they do or not. I feel like I want to say yes to Everton because my head says yes, but then looking at their recent run of form, they got done up by Burnley with that Dwight McNeil screamer. And you just never know with Everton at home. You you really don't know. So we'll see. We'll see when it comes up to Everton. But um looking at looking back at it now with Palace as well, Palace are just they're just there. Do you know what I mean? Like Palace, they're not in the relegation, they're not like fighting for any European, they're just happy to be in the Premier League. And they've got some decent players, but it's, it's what's next for Palace. Do you know what I mean? I feel like Palace fans, if any Palace fans are watching, they could back me in the sense that they're probably tired of mediocrity. They're thinking, what's next for us? Where do we go from here? How do we progress into that next stage? How do we go into maybe in the top half of the table or maybe even challenging for Europa? Challenging for Europa is a bit much, but do you know what I mean? That should that should be where they're aiming towards, but we shall see. Um, but I'm going to wrap it up there. It's another episode of the Undiluted Football Show. I've been your host, Tony FK. You can check our at my app there on, there we go, that side, at Tony FK. Check out the Undiluted Football um, YouTube channel. Guys, share this with your friends. Like, subscribe, peace. Comment below if there's anything else that we should do or if there's anything that you disagree with me and my football taste. You probably won't because I have an elite football taste, but there you go. Guys, this has been another episode of the Undiluted Football Show. I've been your host, Tony FOK. Until next time, people. Sports Social Podcast Network.